Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the OSL Learn by Doing podcast. I am your host, Clayton Brooks. And this. Well, wait a second. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on a minute. This is my. I'm the host. Whatever. I'm the host. Stop. Back off. This is Learn By Doing Podcast, and I, Sue Brooks, am your host. <laughs> oh, you, you listeners and me, you know who the real host is. <laughs> and I am interviewing today Pastor Clayton Brooks. He's the worship pastor at Oaks Church in Red Oak, Texas. Mm-hmm. He's also my brother-in-law. Huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you said. Those are my noises. Oh, my God. Filling so yes, yeah, so I am married to Brian Brooks, his brother, and I was just commenting before this interview how funny it is that you two are so much alike. Because when I interviewed Brian, he kept playing with the mic and adjusting everything. It was really intricate in what he was doing. And then mm-hmm. I was looking over at you, and you were examining your headphones. It's scary. I just want to talk. It's scary. I, just... I am sometimes I am a carbon copy of him, in and... in his facial expressions. And in his body movements. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't mind it. I love my brother. I know. You but guys are great. Years ago, though, I would have hated to know that. Really? How years many ago. years ago? Two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a couple. No, back when we were in junior high, high school, you know, he was, uh, he thought he was super cool, and so did I. <laughs> we were both dorks. <laughs> and so... But we, we love each other. Well, yeah, I think the the thing with sibling stories that I love to hear is that it's always later when we've grown up a little bit that the friendship starts. Right. Or, or it gets a little bit stronger. No, he had so. to move away. Yeah. Know? It's like you don't. <laughs> Literally to the other side of the country. Move right. away. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. And, and so when he yeah. moved away, I was like, that was my golfing buddy and my my brother. You know, we didn't. We weren't super close when we lived together growing up. I don't. I don't think, mm-hmm. as some brothers, I guess, are. Maybe it was just our proximity and age, for whatever reason, meant distance in um, friendship at times. <laughs> because you were close in age. Yeah, Two years I guess. And we had yeah. different friends, different schools. So when he moved off, I realized, man, I really, I really like that guy. And um, every time he would come home, we would be best friends. And now we live in the same city and I feel like we are best friends and we can talk and play golf and talk about our wives, you know. (laughs) I love how you threw that in there. It's so funny. No, Brian. You gotta know that's what's happening. Okay, good. Well, now I know. Um, Well, now I know. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Now your brother really likes you too. Good. Really, really likes you. Yeah, so we copied you. We moved into your city, into uh, the same school system and everything and love it. Very fun. Yeah. Um, hey, so here's a story. Clayton, I don't know if I told you this, but you mentioned Brian moving away, and then that's how you became close. Before, I think I met... No, I think I had met you, but um, when Brian and I first started talking, he... I remember one time it was this... We would try to hang out every now and then without it actually being like overtly we're hanging out and we like each other. Mm-hmm. So he said, hey, Sue, I don't, I don't even know how he talked to me back then because I feel like it wouldn't have been a text. Because, I mean, it's just a flip phone and it took forever to text. So it right. must have been a phone call. I don't remember either. Yeah, I know. It's so weird to think back. 
Um, it's another life. Yeah. So he had a CD. He goes, hey, I've got this CD I want to give you. Just meet, you know, meet me at the church, whatever. So I remember meeting him at the church, and he literally stood across from the room, didn't even come over. And I just remember he was wearing a beanie on his head, and I thought, you're, you're cool. And so he <laughs> took this CD, and he actually threw it at me. Wow. And I caught it, obviously. Nice. obviously. Right. I caught it, and I was like, well, thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. And then I walked out, <laughs> and honestly, that was it. But I, that was actually, it was a Sagu Campus Day CD. Oh, my gosh. And you were on it. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Oh, was it really? That was the first New thing I had ever done. And uh, at the time, I was proud of that. Uh, you, later on, <laughs> as we made more albums and got better and, and worked with better musicians and producers and, you know, time experience, it makes things better. Yeah. And um, so now I look back on it and go, oh, that's a nice memory. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Uh, well, let me tell I don't you my side. hurt anybody's feelings, <laughs> you know, who, who might have worked to make that happen. And producing but, it. But and I look back on it now that. and I think it's a great memory, you know, yeah. first time. Well, for me, being someone who was who had been in a public university going on her fourth year, who had my own struggles and really, I, I had a close friend group, but they, and they were good friends, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that there was a lot of discipleship happening in me or a lot of really good accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I wasn't in the best place. So for me to be able to put that CD in my CD player, what honestly was life changing for me. Yeah. So yeah, it That's maybe good. the quality, you know, whatever, maybe, you know. No, the back way then it was I don't think the quality was necessarily bad back then. It's no. just you know, like anything, have you ever looked at old pictures of yourself and you're like, What was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. With what I was wearing <laughs> and how I did yes. my hair. I've got some pictures in our house that I'm just like, I'm I was an idiot. <laughs> now and you're like mom and dad why do you let me do that right now that i'm a parent i'm like i know why my parents let me do things because i probably put up such a fuss and they probably be like we we've, we're p- gonna pick our battles we're not picking this one you can look the exactly. way you do and regret it later yes and yeah you know with our three boys um it's very much the same you got to figure out how much energy do i want to spend mm-hmm. in this one instance about yeah. this one thing <laughs> when i know it's just it's tough, you know, you got to spread that around. And sometimes you got to pick your battles and let them win sometimes. And especially for me, the battle of what the boys are going to wear in the morning, I gave that up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I just let them pick it and they go. See, if they were girls, it might be different. Or maybe Ani might want to dress them if they were girls. But they're boys. And I'm like, look, if it's covering you up, you're good. Yeah. And sometimes they look absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so it sounds like maybe you have some pictures like that of yourself then. I do. <laughs> in your house. I do. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is fun getting to talk to you like this because one thing about when you, when you have like a lead pastor on stage and, and he's and he's preaching, you get to hear him. His stories will naturally come out in a sermon. Yes, he's preaching biblically and, yeah. he's, and he's talking about verses, but he gets to share some personal stories as well. Right. Whereas like if you're a worship pastor, you're seen on stage, you're heard on stage, and yet you're not really heard. So it's yeah. fun to get to hear some of these, like, you know, your your brother and you kind of stories and things like some that. Some of my favorite, actually, some of my favorite moments leading worship are when I, I have had an opportunity to share a funny story, you know, and that usually doesn't really happen in the serious worship times, you know, mm-hmm. Um but I love to bring in lighthearted things into those serious moments. 
And sometimes I even find myself secretly wishing that something falls apart just for the sake of, <laughs> oh, I want the church to know, like, yeah. worship is not just this great production all yeah. the time. Like, yeah. And so when when things do not work right or if, or if uh, you know, a drum breaks and it falls over or mic stand breaks or something and it's like people all see it and it makes you want to go, uh, maybe we should start the song over, you know, <laughs> that's actually to me a gift for the church of, hey, yeah, we're all human. We're all just doing our best here. And it's it really is not doesn't need to be that impressive yeah. all the time. You know, just for us to worship from our hearts doesn't require a lot of excellence and perfection and the music. And so every now and then I love to tell, you know, simple, funny stories or things or or even um, just be silly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just for that with that intention of. I just want this to feel like a fun place to be and not so high strung. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I have a funny story. Okay. Can I share it? Is it? We can cut it if you don't want to hear it. No. I think it was Easter. Okay. I think I, I think um, some of the scheduling went a little bit the way that you were not expecting, a little out of sequence. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> do, you, do you know where I'm going with this? I, I have an idea. Um, I think we had some city council members there Yep. And um, I think you were just kind of thrown and you were really nice. You were super nice when you said it and you went, it's been exciting. Okay. So <laughs> let's get to wait, the wait, point wait. here. Wait, we need the pause. It's been exciting. And that was it. Okay. That now, was it. well, <laughs> now go. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what happened. Yeah. And here is why. So we had just finished a really big upbeat song. Wait, I don't even remember what point of the service it was at. All I know is that Pastor Scott was supposed to come up at the end of the song. And I was looking at him because the song was wrapping up and it's a big song. And I keep looking at him and he's not paying attention to Uh me. Oh, no. Uh, And which it's okay. You know, he's the senior Mm -hmm. pastor, but I just figure, well, he knows. He can do what he wants. Right. (laughs) And I'm looking at him and he's not moving. And then the song ends and he's not moving. And we're like, yes, come on, give God a shout of praise. And I'm standing there. And he's not moving, and I'm looking at everyone, and that's it. It's just, okay, now what? And I have to do something, you know? And so um, sometimes when I get flustered, I get lucky, and I say something that works. (laughs) But most of the time when I get flustered, it's like, it's been exciting. I don't even understand (laughs) where that comes from. What that is, but I mean, I've got plenty of those stories, my goodness. That was, and that's actually one of those times though, I think where people can, can look at you and look at a worship team and think, there's no way I could, I could lead in that way. I'm sure they're almost untouchable. Surely they're the most holy people and they don't do anything wrong. And then that is, it's honestly not to make fun, but to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. They're just human. Right. (laughs) We don't have to worry about it. I think it's beneficial in the end. Yeah. I once, I once was, uh. In front of the church is what's the rating on this podcast? Is this a PG podcast? Yeah, yeah. Kids allowed? Yeah. Connor, are you listening? Hey, kids. I, so, <laughs> I uh, look out your windows or whatever. I was standing doing. in front of the church and, and leading an opening song. It was the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and uh, one of my favorite times of the year, you know. And so we finished the song, and we always do the whole greeting section time. Everybody say hello. We're a church family. But I'm, I'm kind of hosting that moment at the end of the song. And so I decide to make some comments about Thanksgiving. And I'm like, 
You guys excited for this week, Thanksgiving? Man, who just, don't you just love the food and the football and the family getting together and all yes. the fun and all the other Fs? I remember this. <laughs> and I quickly went, but go ahead and say hi to each other and we'll continue our service. And I turned around and like bite my finger. Like, oh, why man. would I let that come out? That makes no sense. I remember that. And there's that. only one thing that people will think about now. All the other Fs. Yeah. <laughs> Food, fun, and I promise family. that's not what's in my heart. Right. Even though Jesus right. said, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth, mouth speaks. speaks. I just think that yeah, that was straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> and I don't know how it had access to me. <laughs> that's so good. But, hey, I want to say, speaking of um, children listening or younger people listening, I actually asked some of our youth if they had questions that they wanted to ask you for the podcast. And I got some ans- I got some Wait, questions. Some of our youth? <clears throat> yeah, at the church. I mean, two of them are my own offspring. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then but then we actually, but then I texted a couple of um, my kids' friends this morning. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I'll give my own kids' names, but I don't know if I'll give the other ones because I didn't actually ask for permission. But Evan asked me today, do the songs that you pick have to do with the message? And actually, another another student texted, and, and it's similar, um, where she said, what makes you decide what song to sing each week, and does the, do the songs that you pick have meaning behind it? So I think those three questions have to do mm. with one another. Oh, man. Um, well, considering that that's the lion's share of our ministry and choosing songs and singing them, um, those are great questions. And I would say to the first question, do they have to go with the message that they do not have to? And I do like to support the preach, the preacher, mm-hmm. the speaker. Do they still call them preachers? Um, I like to support yeah. The, yeah. the speaker <laughs> if they have a request and I'm like, okay, let's, uh, we can talk about it and hopefully, you know, if that's really what you want, then we'll do it. Um, but typically my thought on the matter is that we, we meet on Mondays and we pray and we pray in the spirit and we listen to what we feel like the Lord is putting on our heart mm-hmm. for the next Sunday or the next two Sundays or the next season, yeah. whatever. And we'll write down those words and we will pray in agreement over those words. And, and by words, you mean what the Lord, what we feel like the Lord is the speaking, Lord is to, speaking you. to us, yeah. you know? And so I've got a whole log of those different words and, and they're awesome. And um, usually what I'll do is just, well, I just believe about the Lord that when you ask for wisdom, you get it. Mm-hmm. And he says mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. You know, don't, don't question it, right? Mm-hmm. James 1, uh, if you lack wisdom, ask him for it. He gives it generously, but don't doubt right. or else you'll be tossed around by every whim and Wind. fancy. Yeah. And so I, I believe that when we ask God for grace and for leadership, that he very happily comes in, steps in and leads us and drops things into our hearts, into our minds. And so we look at it that way, and we, what we want to do really is just help people engage with God in a way that is, um, just opens up their heart to Him and opens up their mind to Him and helps them get free and clear of the distracting stuff in their life. Mm-hmm. If they can get free and clear of that and just focus on Jesus for a while, then I think at that point we have done our job um, so that they can hear him clearly. And then especially when the message comes, that they're ready to receive that message. Whether or not the songs line up exactly with the message, I think is secondary. I think it can be important. I think it can help drive a message home. So sometimes we'll do a song after the message that really 
drives the message home. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of before the message, I don't know that people really remember just how in sync everything was. My prayer and our team's prayer is usually, God, when they leave here, just let them be thinking about you Yeah. when what you're saying to them. And uh, they don't need to think about anything mm-hmm. else, you know. So um, that's kind of how we approach that. Yeah. But obviously we're here to serve. So the speaker, if he has a special request or something he really wants us to do, then yeah, we want to serve that because that's kind of the end goal is the message that's being spoken. Yeah. I like that. I like that you explained that too, because, um, because you can have songs that are maybe not necessarily same type of topic as a sermon, but what's important is getting the person's heart ready and Mm -hmm. what their heart might need in order to prep might be a different type of lyric, a different type of of thing that's going on in the song so that they can be prepared to hear what the pastor's saying. That's really great insight for for worship leaders out there. And so I feel that the Lord helps us with that when we, um, when we meet and pray on Monday, as soon as we finish, you know, collecting all those words and we read over them and pray over them, then we go around the room and we say, what's in your gut? What songs are you, did you hear, or did you sense any songs and all that? And we have a big master list. We can look over it if we, if we want to. But typically we just start spitting out ideas. We should do this song. This is what, based on the word we're hearing, based on the season that we're in, we should do this song. And we just kind of go from there. Yeah. And then you've got the challenge of of pacing out how often you want to introduce a new song. And that's a big deal because you know, from the outset for anybody coming to church, there's already a big set of obstacles. You know, they mm-hmm. come in and uh they've got distractions, things going running through their mind, you know. But they're glad to be at church for the most part it seems. Um and then you get started in this whole idea of, "Hey, sing with us." You know. Mm-hmm. I would I would guess that most people actually don't love that idea. Like, hey, let's all sing together Mm -hmm. at first. You know, that most people are a little self-conscious about their voice and all this. And the whole idea of corporate worship is we're all singing together, not, hey, come watch this cool worship team performing on stage. The whole idea is we're all singing together. And so there are some obstacles there. There's the, you know, should I lift my hands? You know, how involved am I going to be today? I just kind of want to chill and kind of just leave me alone. You know, just let me enjoy this, that stuff. So to me, there's always going to be these built-in obstacles. But then you come and you introduce a brand new song that they've never heard before. That's why it's it's a challenge to figure out how to pace that. Because if you do that too often, you're just regularly putting another, uh, <laughs> another big obstacle in front of them. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Which is, how can you participate if you've never heard this before? So we yeah. try to be careful about that. While at the same time, there's only about a thousand great worship songs written every month. Only. Uh, and and so there's so many options and <laughs> so many. there's a list and I, there's like this song Oceans by a Hillsong. We mm-hmm. haven't, we never did it. And it's not because I don't like it. We just never got to it. We wow. never got through the rotation there's enough. There's so to, many? Yeah. Other, yeah. Yeah. And we were focused on certain things at certain times. And that song is like old school now. Right. It's just so, it's a classic, so, you know, it's like a hymn. A couple years ago. Uh, right. <laughs> and we just never got to it here. And I don't know if we ever will. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, a meaningful song. I mean, at this point, it'll be a hymn. To, to, did you already say that? Yeah, it'll oh. be like a hymn. <laughs> or it'll just be like a special. I, I thought that was new. I realized, nope, you just said it. My brain just had to catch up with your <laughs> words. <laughs> it's all good too. Yeah, it's okay. It'll be him. Hey, I want to talk to you about the, um, when you were mentioning 
going through in prayer on a Monday morning with your team. Mm-hmm. You have to have a pretty spectacular team or a team that is really well taught in seeking the Lord. Uh, I, I don't imagine every place is is blessed with that or maybe maybe people are wanting to know how can I how can I build my team mm-hmm. so that they know how to hear from God and that it's what they are writing down then is not their own emotion or their own thought or the coolest thing that they are thinking of in the moment, but that they're actually hearing the voice from God. How do you do that as a leader of your department, your worship department? Well, I think uh, the leader knowing how to hear from God is paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really teach what you don't know. So that the leader really having a good understanding on that, how to hear from God, how to how to um, pray in the spirit and how to listen for the voice of God and, and sense his leading. Uh, I'll be truthful. I, I rarely feel 100% sure on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just always a partnership, human and divine. And so the thing is, I believe in God. I believe he speaks to us. I have faith. Um, I'm also human. It's like the guy that came to Jesus and said, I, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Right. You know, we all come to God that right. way with a level of unbelief. So for the leader to understand that, yeah, God definitely speaks to people and he He wants to speak to us and we should listen. And he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You know, seek me and you'll find me mm-hmm. when you seek me with a sincere heart. So a leader needs to be sincere and real before God, needs to be humble. I think a leader needs to be very passionate about holiness and and being pure and righteous before the Lord not necessarily means he has to be perfect it just Mm -hmm. means that he's passionate about living in a way that pleases God you know so that his heart is warm to the Lord his or her heart and and I think uh, a team will follow the example and the model but they also need a regular dose of communication and teaching and I just decided you know actually wasn't that long ago that we really um, implemented this method. It's been a while now, but um, I, I decided we're going to do. We're gonna we're gonna make this like a method for us, and we're not going to leave it. You know, for mm-hmm. a long time until God says otherwise. We're gonna do this every time because, you know, it can be very easy as a uh, professional hand quotes professional mm-hmm. uh, worshiper worship leader. I think they're called air quotes. I mean, not to correct you on air, but they. Go ahead. I like the I like the term hand quotes because I'm using because my hand. You use your entire hand. Yeah, I'm not using the air. Like you're just <laughs> so air quotes would be something to write home about, but hand oh quotes. Oh my gosh. Um, let's just keep going. Let's Sorry. keep going. So as a uh, uh, pro- professional, as a professional, I think they could tell by the inflection that I'm using. Yeah, I think so. Hair and yeah, quotes. put your put your hands down. It's hand, weird. Hand air quotes. <laughs> Note that yeah. for the edits. No, <laughs> as I, a professional. As a professional, it can be easy to come in and like, oh, I just feel good about these songs, you know, and mm-hmm. this one's obviously working over there, so it's going to work here. It's not a big deal, you know, it's just church. Well, we have a thing in Oaks Worship that we say a lot, and we say it's never just church. It's mm-hmm. never just church. Um, don't ever think that way. When you have any group of people, whether it's five or 5,000 coming together and on the agenda is let's worship Jesus. How could that be a, ah, it's just a filler. You know, it's just a, there's no way that, you know, he said where two or three are gathered, I'm with them right there. And he's there with us and he's there not just to, as a um, 
placeholder. My word, he's right. the, he's there as he's a the reason. The, he's right. the reason, and and any time that we get our eyes on Jesus, um, is a, is a life changing moment. And so it's never just church. So I think a, a leader needs to be very careful about just kind of just kind of going with what they think is best. Every opportunity should be submitted to the Lord. And and I when we pray together, I usually start with, Lord, we don't want to do this out of our flesh. We want to do this out of your spirit. And and you said you would lead us and your spirit would lead us. And and he does. And um we all regularly benefit from that, from his leading. And uh our our team and and myself, we're just following what we believe the Spirit is saying. And yes, it's a partnership, human and divine, but um yeah, there's it's awesome. And and just following him is uh it has been beautiful. Yeah. I think you just gave the background for what everybody who walks into the Oaks knows when they come in <clears throat> during a worship service. They can they can sense that because of all that back background work that you've done. You've just put really great words to and and it's yeah. so just to say that yeah, it it shows. It really shows. Well, and if I was the only one um that was really responsible for it, then yeah, I'd have to approach that differently. I, I think the first thing I would want to do is try to get someone else to carry with me, mm-hmm. um, and see if, there, if there's anybody that wants to help uh, help me pastor through music and through worship like that. But if I was by myself, I would I would still keep the same method mm-hmm. uh, while I was looking for other people. I you know I just happen to be in a place which is like a super minority of churches that has a worship staff. Yeah, and I right. am thanking God all the time for it. You know, I've mm-hmm. got an associate worship pastor. I have an operations manager and I have a music director. And all three of them are full-time staff members. Wow. So that is really <laughs> special, a real blessing. And it's amazing that, you know, how much we're able to accomplish together. It's bigger than, than um, what it's ever been before, which is great. But um, that being my team, the four of us we meet every monday and we pray and we all pray and we all share what we're feeling and you know what happens is sometimes a couple of us will be like i don't know yet i don't know what i've what i'm hearing yet and we'll say well let's give it more time a couple weeks ago we really wrestled and i as we were wrestling with what is the lord saying i thought well this is actually really appropriate Mm -hmm. to wrestle with this and not just not just take the first thing that comes to mind like oh you know I think we should just focus on on X um, because that's just what I'm feeling. But if you're listening to everyone else and you're starting to make, as a leader, you're making a judgment call kind of on, I think this is what the Lord is saying. I'm writing it all down. First person, like Pastor Scott has, mm-hmm. has talked to us about. Then you end up making a decision on, I'm about to communicate this is what the Lord is saying. And then we send that to our team and we send that to the media team. And we're like, this is what we felt like the Lord was saying in regards to our worship time and, and for our church right now, well, that, that's kind of a hefty thing to carry, mm-hmm. and it's worth the wrestling. You know, I want to wow. make sh- I want to make sure that we're lining up and that you now we feel really good about this is what the Lord is saying. And if we're not super clear, then we'll fight for clarity, and we will be patient and wait for the clarity before we just start throwing something together. Wow. Well, that's good to know as a member of the Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> I love knowing that. And that's great for other people to hear too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you another question. Um, great. This one is from um, another teenager who happens to be your niece named Ellie. <laughs> I love you, Ellie. She just said it back. Did you hear her? Yeah. No, she didn't. Yeah, she did. She so did. She said, 
ask i texted her this morning and she said ask him if he fakes <laughs> oh i can't say it Uh-oh. ask him if he fakes playing guitar up there fakes playing guitar okay this is ellie's question i texted her this morning ask him if he fakes playing guitar up there and you know Ellie, so you know her personality. You know she's totally <laughs> messing with you. <laughs> if I fake playing guitar? Yes. I mean... Oh, wait. Do you? Clayton. Well, I'm. I, you know, the acoustic guitar in a full band mix, you're not really going to get the acoustic guitar. <laughs> That's true. And I, I watch great worship leaders uh, all the time, like uh, Corey Asbury, when he's leading worship. He'll do this thing with his left hand where he's like, uh, what is this? Like Like, a waving? Like kind of a waving thing. That's right. No one can see you. So he's waving his arm. He's he's, giving signs. But he's still strumming strumming the guitar. (laughs) You know that's a gross sound if you're not. But it just doesn't matter because it's not not up front in the mix. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's more of an energy thing. And usually a producer would say, really, the acoustic guitar, uh, when the full band is going, is just a shaker. It's just a, you know, that's about all you're getting. And so, yeah, I guess you could say I'm faking. That's funny. Well, Ellie, good question. Because I question. never would have really... Con- that's right. See, because anybody your- can do it. Any- <laughs> anybody can lead worship. As long as you look like you as, know what you're doing, you got as, it. Well, yeah, as long as you have an acoustic guitar. Ellie, it's, not, it's time to learn That how, was a how great. to fake the acoustic. I just thought it was a funny question. I'm sure she did too, but there's an answer right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, another teen says... Um, there's a this is a twofold question so let me let me ask this one first what's the hardest thing about being a worship pastor for a big church oh um it's hmm. a great question maybe one i should be think i should have thought about i, I want to get this one right i want right. to get it right uh i i think the hardest thing about being a worship pastor at a church like ours, uh, I think, would be w- wanting to. Um, uh, I can move on to another question. No, I like this question. I should know. I should get a good answer. I like that you're taking time and you're not just spitting out an <clears throat> answer. Well, there's also the <clears throat> on the spot pressure. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. The question just came in. The hardest thing is when your, your wife is judging you the whole time. Oh. JK. <laughs> he said JK. JK. Ani, are you out <clears throat> there? Ani said she loves you. Did you hear that? Ah. She just said it. <laughs> so cool. Okay. I think the hardest thing about being worship pastor at a church like ours is probably in the planning and the being creative in uh, following the Holy Spirit because there's such a a temptation to be professional. Um, you know, the more people you stand in front of, the more of a pressure of, man, there's more people here and there's more thoughts and more that you, you kind of want to please in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and so being a spirit led follow the spirit don't be afraid of where he's leading you type of leader might be the biggest challenge and um just because that temptation gets greater i think as the as the size goes up and i once i led worship for general council 
in 2015. And, you know, that's Tuesday night. That was a crowd of, they said 12,000 people, which mm -hmm. is by far the largest crowd I've ever been in front of. Yeah. And, and to be leading for that, it was a real honor. And I was super honored to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, I've never done that before. And they brought in some Nashville professional uh, studio musicians. And some of these guys are like, yeah, we've played arenas like this all oh, the time. Wow. And so they, they talked with me about how to lead in a room like that. But definitely the pressure of, well, I just want to follow the spirit and, you know, just to be obedient to him. There is this trap of you have to please everybody. Mm -hmm. That's a trap from the enemy yeah. to make you think like, just make sure everybody likes you when you're done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I fall into that trap all the time, you know, and um, as I think most people do. And so in the end, I really, really love what Pastor Scott says when it comes to evaluating your performance uh, as a leader and when you're like preaching or when you're leading worship, it applies as well. At the end of the day, you look back and go, was I obedient to the Spirit, and did I love people? Did I love the yeah. people? Those are the two things. And there's really no other measure for me that I need to be concerned about because at, at the end of the day, what matters is loving God, loving people. And I'm just doing that through music and through leading them in worship. And um, so, but because of those temptations, that those pressures there, that probably makes that the most difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And I would say the second thing would just be in um, building a great team, uh, a team of committed volunteers that are very much bought into the ministry that you're doing and into the church. Um, but thankfully, I feel pretty confident in both of those things here at Oaks Church. Uh, in different seasons, it's, it's hard, but right now, I feel like the Lord is blessing that in... Um, and that we're doing okay. Yeah. There's a second part to this question. Um, I already answered it. Oh, yeah. Skip. Thanks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you did it. Um, this, this is interesting, too, because it has to do with a big church. But do you ever get intimidated by other worship pastors at big churches? If so, what do you do? Um, good questions, youth. Yeah, good questions. Uh, intimidated I personally, at this season of my life, I'm not as intimidated by that anymore, but there were definitely times when, when I was. And what to do then is to um, encourage yourself in the Lord and mm -hmm. also, <laughs> by all means, stop comparing yourself to other people. Um, that you're not really doing yourself any good. You're actually hurting yourself and handicapping yourself by comparing yourself to someone else. Uh, God didn't create you to be like anybody else. He created you with a lot of specificity and uniqueness about who you are and exactly the way you're designed is exactly who he wants you to be. Now grow into the fullness of that. But, you know, not that you can't learn from someone else, but when you start to compare as if, am I as good yeah. as yeah. them, as a leader? Am I as strong as I, am I as wise? Um, when you start to, feel discouraged because of that, that's when you're crossing the line. Uh, I think it's great for people to push each other and make each other better. But when you get discouraged because you see someone else succeeding, that's a real problem. Mm -hmm. That's a real flesh thing. And I've been there many times. 
in this season of my life, I, I'm more intimidated by great musicians that are just, you know, freaks on their instrument where mm-hmm. I'm just watching them like on Instagram and like, man, I just, I know that people would look at me and say that I'm a great musician and I, I know I am not a great musician <laughs> because I, I follow great musicians and um, their level of ability is just mind blowing. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's a little intimidating, but to be truthful, um, intimidation is kind of a, I don't know that that's necessarily ever a godly thing, Yeah, you know, cause that it has the word timid in it. Right. And so it's like, you're being forced to be timid with who you are. So you're intimidated. They're literally putting timidity in you mm-hmm. because of their specialness, you know, and I don't, that's just not the heart of God. I think God created every single one of us to play a part and to be a piece of the puzzle. Um, First Corinthians 12, first Corinthians three is such a great chapter, especially when it comes to comparison and intimidation and, you know, knowing what you bring to the table and being confident in who you are and not worrying about how you stack up against someone else, man, that's a trap. And that's, that's a weight that you don't need to carry. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want you to carry that weight, you know, walk in freedom. I would, anybody listening that is struggling with comparing comparison and, and feeling insignificant because of other people's significance. I just rebuke that spirit from your life. And I pray freedom for you to be who you're called to be and designed to be and the fullness of that and to be confident in that. And, um, and you'll do what really well as a leader. It's a good word. Yes. Good prayer. Much needed. Really, I mean, and, uh-huh. and especially because um, in this culture, yeah, 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 it sure is. And this question was actually asked by one of our youth worship interns. Mm. So it, it's someone who is. I'm very looking. nervous about my oldest son getting Instagram. Oh yeah. Uh, there's two Ugh. reasons. One is the obvious: you can search things that are bad, and you sh- you shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. The other one is not so obvious. It's kind of a sneaky thing this idea of self-worth found in what i'm posting right and um that's the culture that we live in that's the culture that young people are growing up in am i cool are my ideas good do people like and accept me and it's all like right in front of your face on a screen you can see it you can score yourself every day and that's a dangerous place for the spirit and um so it's kind of a platform honestly when i think about it and i remember Shane Bernard from Shane and Shane, he mm-hmm. would always tell us um, the most dangerous place for the, hu- for the spirit, for the human heart is a platform or is the spotlight. It's a dangerous spot because it really affects who you are and how you f- view yourself and how much worth that you have and all this. All those thoughts come flooding in because you're in front of others mm-hmm. and you're being judged. You feel like you're being yeah. judged and you probably are being right. judged. Well, the social media today in this culture, it's a platform. It's like you're getting up on a stage every day. Anytime you post something, you're getting up on a stage. And it's just, I don't know. I get nervous about it. people can like it or right. scroll right past it. Or they or can comment, comment on and, it. And, and, and spill their guts and curse you and all of the above. Yeah. And sometimes I just assume we not subject ourselves to, to that. But then again, I also see the, the value of a great platform. I mean, I wouldn't get rid of our church stage. I wouldn't get rid of other stages or 
leadership opportunities for someone to stand up and speak. And so why would I get rid of that one just because it can be uh, taken negatively or used mm -hmm. negatively? So I don't write it off. I just, I'm nervous and I pray yeah. and I'm like, God, when it's time for him to have something like that or my boys, any of my boys, uh, fill them with your spirit in such a way where they can catch that when it tries to sneak in. Because I'm not, myself, am not invincible in those areas. I still have to police myself and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to convict and guide and lead and counsel me when it comes to, why do I care so much whether so-and-so likes this or how, how much appreciation I'm getting. And I, I pretty regularly post things. Mm -hmm. And so I have to watch it even at, at, at my level. Yeah. Um, and so anyways. Yeah. And what's interesting too, I, I like the, the comparison that you drew between a plat an actual physical platform and then social media as a platform. I don't know that I'd ever really thought of it like that. And, yeah. and when you were saying that you wouldn't pull the one, so you're not going to pull the other, just makes me think um, like so many things, it's a tool and it can be either used for, for, for good or for bad. Right. And it can affect us uh, right. it also for good or for bad. Yeah. So, yeah. And then people have their Instagram. So they have these fake Instagram accounts so they can act one way where only a certain number of people can see, you know, like all my friends, but not my crush can see my Finsta, you know, and yeah. everybody else can see my real account. There's so <laughs> much complexity. So I, I just... I just long for everything to be simple yeah. and for uh, the, the best advice I could give my sons. And I think anybody that's caught up in that world is um, be faithful to the Lord behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Keep studying the word, stay in prayer, you know, even when it feels and, and it's going to feel a lot like it's, it's not meaningful, you know, just because you're just staying faithful. But then again, it, it'll feel meaningful at times. I just am saying, if you stay there and you stay plugged into the Holy Spirit, you'll be fine. You know, you, you don't have to be nervous and anxious about whether or not you're looking at something the wrong way or um, with all that complexity and all the, the webs that you have to fight through um, today. I, I think keeping Jesus first is a very simple thing that can ensure that you're going to have the right mind. Um, you know, you renew your mind every day, mm -hmm. just stay in the word and, and you'll be fine through all of that complexity. And you can use those tools and you can do it with confidence and you don't have to worry about anything. You know, Jesus is leading you. But mm -hmm. if you're not faithful in that respect, then I don't know, I'd be nervous. I like, cause who's leading the Holy Spirit or your flesh? Yeah. And we know where those two paths go. It's very clear in Galatians, the acts of the flesh are this. The acts of the spirit are this. Mm -hmm. You can look across, uh, back across your life and you can look at what seasons, what was leading your flesh or your spirit. Right. Flesh does not lead to anything wholesome or healthy for you. The spirit is life for your body. And so. It's good. Yeah. Stay good faithful, words. my friends. Yeah. So this, this is going to be, I'm going to transition. I think it, I, I guess for me, it's hard to ask because I feel like the answer is going to be hard to give, but I'm not the one who does this every day. So it might be really easy, but you just talked about don't compare yourself to anyone else. That's how you can deal as a pastor of a large church, not comparing himself to other um, worship pastor, of a large church, not comparing himself to worship pastor at another large church. And then even in the social media realm, not comparing and, and certain people have different skills that other people do not. Um, or some people are better at one skill than another. 
Mm-hmm. So I want to get into this. I think this would be helpful to worship pastors and, and those who are wanting to go that route. Yeah. Worship auditions. Yeah. And telling them I'm, oh, you, you actually can't play the guitar. Like you're not really that good at it. Yeah. Um, your, your pitch is way off. It doesn't seem that you can carry a tune. How do you, mm. oh, that's talk a really, to me about this. That's a beast, you know, because it's different than, than other things. Unfortunately, for what I do, it's different. For whatever reason, music in people's lives is a very personal thing. Yeah. Singing, in fact, singing is one of the most vulnerable things you can do. Yeah. And I've been in, in settings where we've wanted to develop confidence. And so we just have a, a prayer circle. And we're like, let's each just go around the circle and just sing out of your heart. What's well, a super vulnerable thing to do? Like, well, what if the melody doesn't sound good? What if I don't know what to sing exactly? What if I say something weird and all this? And it's like... And then adding a, a musical element to it is just so vulnerable because it's it's your spirit singing. I mean, it's not, it's kind of the, all of the makeup of your musical history put into your spirit and coming out. And it's like this, it's, that's also why it's really powerful is because you can really express a level of emotion through music and through singing that you can't express through just mere words. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful and powerful, but it's also equally can be very scary for people. So it is different. Like, you know, if you were wanting to serve in church and they were um, testing your abilities as a, as like a, a greeter or an usher, I mean, I guess those also carry some vulnerability. But from my experience being worship, when people come in and audition and they're not, their skill level is not high enough for us to really include them anywhere yet, that can be a very personal thing. I do not like going and... Or, or saying, thanks for coming to audition. Uh, you're going to get a letter in the mail. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want it to feel like Hollywood around here. I want it to be, hey, let's talk about this. You've come in, you've auditioned. Um, here's what here's what I'm hearing. Um, th- these are the areas I think that need improvement. So I want to help you with that. And here is, uh, here's a voice coach that I know that's really great and might be able to help you with this. Here is a, uh, a piano teacher. Here is a whatever. If you're really... If, you really feel like the Lord is wanting you to serve in this way, then go for it. You know, give it your all, put energy into it, work towards it. Um, but if you're just thinking, no, I just like music. And I mean, it's just something I like. I don't know if the Lord is really leading this. Well then pray and, and ask him how he wants you to serve in mm-hmm. this team. At the end of the day, I have a responsibility as the worship pastor to um, provide a, an atmosphere of worship here. That is, it's excellent. It doesn't bring a lot of obstacles as best as we can. Just because there are obstacles doesn't mean I don't try to remove them, you know. And and sometimes a a player or a singer that's not quite at the right skill level that might be an obstacle for the team and for those who are worshiping. Just because when they play, it's not the right thing and it's distracting. You know, if you if you went to the extreme and a person came in and they were just they wanted to play drums but they had zero rhythm but they're like i'm so passionate about this well obviously i can't put you on a stage because you you don't have any rhythm but for some reason when you're not as extreme and you bring those closer it's like as a leader people want me not to have the right to say no to them at that point based on their skill level because well and and it's it's a little difficult you know i do um we do pray about those things and we do we do have unfortunately there is a kind of a hierarchy 
there's like an inevitable hierarchy and it's kind of based on both skill level uh leadership ability personhood you know and, and it's like look i if you're going to lead worship in front of our biggest crowd uh, our biggest draw to the community then i need you to be at a certain level mm-hmm. of skill authority personhood all of the above i need that at a certain level depending on what the role is um and what that does when you say that when you set a standard it creates a a bit of a hierarchy or a a separation from between those who are are strong enough players or singers and those who are not quite there yet and you just have to pastor that and love people and tell them it's not a hard no um let's let's work on this if you really want to be a part of this team let's get to work you know just like uh if you were okay so i'm a golfer i love golf uh, I would love to be on the PGA Tour. Uh, at this point in my life, it's not a reality, and I'm not going to go home and cry about it. Mm-hmm. I just have accepted I'm not going to be on the PGA Tour. The guys that are on the PGA Tour, most of them started playing when they were three years old at their country club with their, their dad, you know, <laughs> ta- tagging around. Yeah, and and just practicing all the time. And then, and it's still are practicing like eight hours a day hitting yeah. balls. It's crazy. You know, it's almost like you got to sell your soul. And um, that's what you got to do to be at that level. Mm-hmm. You can't just get out there and, and compete. Well, this isn't really competition, but the same principle of development exists in music and in, and in worship leading, you know. Um, and you see in the Bible, you see God choosing people specifically mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And for their and for their artistry. That, for, that's yep. something so interesting in studying the Old Testament. I, I every now and then would struggle with does it really have to be perfect and beautiful all the time and that was really just a tired mom speaking yeah and ge- generally about different things like does it really matter you know the way archi- architecture looks and things like that but then reading that god actually chose craftsmen right to do very specific beautiful things and he anointed them for it yes and so yeah. there are two things i think that are very helpful there's what we just said that god chooses people for certain mm-hmm. tasks. The other thing, I can't remember, it's in the New Testament, but exactly where, it's that God does not show favoritism. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that are realities in scripture that people really need to receive and pay attention to. Just because I didn't get chosen for a certain task doesn't mean I am um, looked down upon by God or I'm not pleasing to the Lord. Or he only chooses his favorites for that or his special ones. Uh, his chosen ones, you know, you are chosen in that Jesus died for you and he called you into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So it's like rejoice, rejoice that your names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. You know, um, remember when the disciples came back and they were all excited about demons fleeing yes. and miracles yeah. being yeah. done. And Jesus is like, that's great. Rejoice in, in the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good level for us. Like I'm happy. I'm completely full-hearted in my life because I know Jesus and Jesus is all I need. And um, can I can I tell a quick story? Of course. So uh, in 2013, no, 15, mm-hmm. no, 13, oh. I can't oh. remember. Which of the was, odd numbers? It was back at General <laughs> Council, okay? Okay, so, fif- so 15. 15. I, I was... I know that you were um, 2013 Southwestern Assemblies of God Young Alumni Award winner. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But that's not that year. Yes. We're Is there about like an applause track? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that would be great. No, it, I'm at general counsel and we're rehearsing. We go in and not, they had asked me months and months ago, would you consider leading worship for this? And I had to think about it for two seconds, you know, because I'm like, well, that would be amazing. What an honor to serve the Assemblies of God, which is the yeah. movement I've grown up in. Right. And so um, I was like, yes, absolutely. And I began to pray about it and build worship sets and all these things. And a few months before the event, the general superintendent wanted to see what my plans were for worship. And so I sent those in. And as far as I know, they got approved. And then we uh, showed up a few days early to rehearse with the team and the band and everything. And we spent some time in rehearsal and we're going through songs. And one of the people that's kind of overseeing us would step in and be like, Hey, I I just don't think this song is working. You know, I I think we need something different. And I'm like, okay, well, let's think about it. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's work on what we could do. And then some ideas would come up and we would change it. And that was fine at first, but it, it kind of kept happening for more than one song. Yeah. And so, we got to Tuesday, which was opening night of the, the main general sessions of general mm-hmm. council. And we're on the stage running through, doing a run through mm-hmm. uh, before anybody showed up. And um, we're singing through songs. And there, there were some things I was specifically very excited about. One of them was a moment I wanted the whole room to sing I Exalt Thee, old mm-hmm. chorus, really oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I just wanted it to be a moment where we're all hands up, focused on Jesus, saying I Exalt Thee. And I wanted to lead that moment. Um, and so we were rehearsing that. Well, then after that run through, the same person comes up to me. who's a dear friend of mine. I love him. Mm-hmm. But he, he's just leading, you know. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, this thing over here is not working. And I, I want to do this song here instead. And since we're going to do that, I'm going to have this guy lead it. And I exalt these right after that. So I think he should just go into that and lead it. Well, this is after a few days of me making changes. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him. I probably gave away that I was frustrated a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as much as Clayton would. Right. You know, I'm not a very expressive <laughs> so person. So he had to be very intuitive. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking at him just kind of still-faced, you know. Yeah. And then I finally say, okay. But inside, I'm really upset. And, um, and, and then there's another level of upset, which is I'm mad that I'm mad about this, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm a good Christian. You know, I love right. Jesus. I don't need... But I'm, I'm really upset. I'm in turmoil. So I, we finish and we have some time before service. I go up to my hotel room. I was by myself. And I close the door and I just fall on the bed. And I started to cry. Wow. Um, because it meant that much to me. You know, I was like, they asked me to lead this thing. And now I don't really even feel like I'm leading. I'm not really impacting this at all. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm a monkey. Just mm-hmm. doing what I'm told, you know. Um, it, nothing against Assemblies of God General Counsel at all. I'm just mm-hmm. processing. That's how you felt. In yeah, the, that's in how that I moment. felt. Yeah. Well, I, I'm laying there crying, and then after a few minutes, I look up, and there's this empty chair in the room, and I'm looking right at the chair, and Jesus spoke to me, and he said, Hey, Clayton, I'm sitting right here. I'm here. Oh, my goodness. He's like, How good is that? I'm here. Is that, is that enough for you? And I'm just looking at the chair and I'm like, oh man, uh, here I am worried about what songs I'm leading and what impact I'm making on general counsel service. But I'm in the hotel room with Jesus. Wow. And it's like I had forgotten, I had forgotten that I'm with Jesus all the time. You know, I don't, I don't need a stage. I don't need a spotlight. I don't need to sing that song in front of these people. And yeah, sometimes you get led along to think that, that this is a plan, but then it changes and you can get upset. 
But reality is at all times, I have the Holy Spirit and I have Jesus at all times. And um, more than enough, absolutely. And I was like, yes, Lord, you're more than enough. I love you. I'm so glad you're here in the room with me, even in the middle of my, you know, stupidity and, and flesh. And then he led me to go down to the prayer. They had a prayer room. I went down and I prayed with someone and told them what was going on. And that someone said, you should probably go confess to your team what's going on in your heart. And so before service, we met and I confessed to them. And then we got on the stage to lead worship. And we got to the I Exalt Thee moment. And we started to sing it. It was a cappella. And I looked out at the room and saw every hand up. And I saw eyes up and tears on people's faces. And I lost it. And I'm like... I'm glad I'm not leading this song because I couldn't physically do it anyways. This is too powerful to see so many people uh, with their eyes on Jesus uh, and and everybody in unison saying, we exalt thee. And talk about a a total flip, you know, of in a moment where I was really exalting myself. Mm -hmm. And by wanting to do that, I'm like, I want to lead this. Uh, You asked me to lead it. And why can't, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the best leader on this stage, whatever the thoughts might be that right. are so fleshly. Yeah. And then realizing that, no, I'm not the best leader on this stage. I'm just another, I'm just another human that is, has been graced by God and forgiven of sin. And I have Jesus and I don't know. So that was, that was a great moment for me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. Mm. Um, when, when worship gets going, in a powerful moment like that. Um, so you've got everybody worshiping all at the same time and it's just a powerful, powerful moment and you know the spirit is moving. But let's switch locations. You know there are two services and you're in the first service <laughs> and you know that um, nursery workers need to switch positions and that the next group is coming in soon. Yeah. But just expound on that for me. I'm not even going to ask you a question because no, I, I know you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, totally. Uh, how do you how do you deal with the logistics and the spiritual at the same time? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it's just a dance that we do, you know. And and we've kind of resigned to the fact that we can't um, that we just have to be thoughtful. That's all. Thoughtful about people and listening to the Lord at the same time. Uh, and what you know, God doesn't desire to hurt people or. or burn people out or whatever you know but we in our worship set we build it in a certain way where we try to build in some time to give us a a, just kind of a flow where if we do sense a moving of the spirit in a certain direction we have some time to do that Mm -hmm. and uh, i really appreciate our pastor for um affirming that for us and you know helping us build that time in that allows for there to be some flow and um so Typically, we lately we we get out relatively well on time. Yeah, uh, there were some seasons where we would go pretty late, and we started hearing it from all of the workers. You know, of mm-hmm. course, and the transition becomes really tough. And um, you just I, there's no formula. It's like, what are we gonna do? It's uh, like what Peter and and John said to the Pharisees. Um, do we obey men or do we obey God? You know, which one, what do we do? Do we listen to you or do we listen to God? So if the Lord is leading you to do something then, and you're in the room, you don't know what the results might be. And so you want to follow that leading. Um, but at the same time, it's good to be thoughtful and know that God is doing what needs to be done. And we mm-hmm. trust that while at the same time, we're going to also honor each other 
um, there's not really a great answer for that question. Yeah. It's probably always a bit of It's a, always different. Yeah. yeah, it's always fudged a little bit, you know. Constantly having to work at it. Well, I like mm -hmm. what you said. I mean, I feel like it falls in line with loving your neighbor. So you're loving God, but you're you're loving your neighbor in that consideration mm -hmm. of their time and and the fact that little babies might need their moms or, you know, whatever yeah. whatever's going on. Yeah. Okay. Expression in worship on a platform versus in private. Um, I know that there, there have been, there are times in corporate worship where the atmosphere is just so um, exciting and encouraging. That's the word I'm actually looking for. Really mm -hmm. encouraging that a physical expression seems so necessary. Right. Other times I'm like, it's none of y'all's business. I don't want to, I don't need to move right now. I just want to sit down or kneel <laughs> down, you know, just, you I don't want to be expressive right now. Cause you might be looking and this isn't about, you know, that. Um, and then other times if I'm at home, it, it can be the same, like it can be the same and different. There are times where I'm like, well, if I start clapping my hands in the middle of the living room, that's great. I've actually done it, you know, before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just let's talk about expressions and do, are you like, um, do you think there's a hard and fast, if you're not the same on stage as you are at home, then you're fake or, you know, or are there moments where it should be a little bit different? Yeah. I would say just listen to the spirit and do what the spirit leads you to do. And, um, I regularly fail at that because a lot of the time I, I question whether or not it's just me wanting to be hype man and make it things emotional and while at the same time I'm like, but the spirit in me is like a fire, right? It's like yeah. a fire in my bones. You can't stop it. So it's it's yeah. hard to quench that. Yeah. And, and it's also uh, hard to say, no, that's not the spirit. That's just me being emotional. And it's like, well, for me personally, I'm not really one to want to be the hype man. Yeah. I always yeah. see those guys before the NFL games. They'll show a shot of a guy in the middle of the huddle and they're all rocking like this back and forth. Mm -hmm. And there's this guy that's just shouting and like yelling all these things and the team is like responding they're an with answers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll never be that guy. <laughs> I don't have that in me. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same, my wife will tell you, we've talked about it. I can't really be a, a coach of a, of, an, of a sports team, like a basketball mm -hmm. team or a football team or a soccer team because I'm not that guy that's going to be like loud and demonstrative and I've seen those guys and I'm not them, mm -hmm. but I find myself in a position where here I am like coaching a whole room in worship. Like let's all worship Jesus together. And, um, for me, it's like, just, I just need to follow the spirit. And, uh, while at the same time for somebody, uh, and I don't want to offend anybody by saying this at all. I, we're all regularly challenged with this, uh, expression idea, but for someone to come into a church service and think, you know, you know, leave me alone, you know, it just um, if they're not a believer yet or if they're new in the faith, I get it. Mm -hmm. But if they're a mature believer, they're missing the point mm -hmm. of church corporate and corporate worship. Corporate worship yeah. is we all worship together. Mm -hmm. We all sing hymns together. We all say amen when we hear something we agree with. Mm -hmm. We're all verbal together and expressive together because there's so much encouragement that happens from that. And then the non-believers see that and go, wow, I'm surrounded by people that genuinely believe all of this. Mm -hmm. Now that's what I want to see. And that's what I want for a non-believer. I want them to step into a room that is alive, like where the, the believers are wholeheartedly just 
going after God and they love him and there's smiles on their faces and tears in their eyes and hands raised and anything that they, you know, I want them to walk into that place and, and not be able to say that, yeah, it's the same as any other church I've been to. It's, you know, dead. People don't really do anything. Why are we here just to feel good about yeah, ourselves? Is it just what, a sing along? Yeah, what's the <laughs> point here? What you do behind the scenes in, in the prayer closet is between you and the Holy Spirit. Um, and there have been some rare moments where I have felt the Lord ask me to do something in public, not on a stage, just in public. And it's almost like a test of whether or not I'd be obedient. Like, I want you to kneel right here and pray. Mm-hmm. I just heard a story about one of our pastors, staff pastors here. They stopped at a gas station the other day to get gas, and they watched two Muslim ladies get out of their car at the gas station and walk up to the, the wall of the store mm-hmm. and put down rugs and kneel and pray right there in front of everybody in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we're diverse, but we're also still uh, heavily Christian, whatever. Mm-hmm. And to see that kind of boldness and, and just, we're just going to do this. Um, you know, so I think uh, you got to follow the spirit. And as, as a, a Christian and a Christ follower, when the Lord prompts me to do something, I should be ready to be obedient and not afraid of that behind the scenes. When I'm on the platform as a worship leader, that moment cannot be about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that moment has to be about the people. So I, I usually say worship is all about God. Worship ministry is all about the people at oh, the church. That's good. Where yeah. you're, you're ministering to the people and you're working to coach and encourage and challenge. And I heard a really awesome uh, quote from Matt Redman about this that I say a lot to our team and to other people, which is somebody asked him once, what do you do as a worship leader when you're frustrated about the way people are responding in their you know, participation? Mm-hmm. What do you do with that frustration? And he said, well, I think you should focus, um, instead of focusing on creating a response, focus on uh, revealing the truth. So just put your focus there. Mm-hmm. Sing about the truth, talk about the truth, declare the truth, that's what you want in inspiring response more than you just saying, everybody, let's raise our hands. Yeah. You're almost giving them the reason to respond yes. versus just telling them to respond. Right, and I yeah. want them to respond for the real reason, not because yeah. I said so. Yeah. However, there's a, there is a value in me coaching and me saying, let's all, let's all lift our hands. You know, let's, let's all sing this out together. I, I know as a, uh, when I'm just attending something and there's worship involved, I love being led and I love being led well and confidently. If, if someone says, let's all pray together or let's all sing this together, let's sing just the voices. And I, I'm like, all right, let's all lift our voices up. But I mean, I, I see it maybe differently. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what I would say to that about yeah. expression. That's good. Well, the, re- the kind of the heart behind the question is, is that difference when you're a worship leader or you're on the team leading, there is an element of responsibility where that that is actually why you're even there it's to help others right. into leading worship and so you may be a little more expressive than you normally would but it's for the sake of leading other people yeah in worship and i so tell, I, what was that that you said again worship is for worship is for god yeah obviously. i mean i knew that but worship ministry is about people yes yeah, and yeah. ministry is about people you know yeah but i i tell our team all the time behind stage before we go out you are permission givers you're giving permission to the room for how guys to write that down say it again you are permission givers worship leaders are permission givers so good so you can you're giving permission either for people to be expressive in worship mm-hmm. or you're giving permission for them to be still and be you know yeah 
anytime I see someone on stage kneeling, it just like wrecks me. Like, yeah. so you, you have this exuberance, but anytime I see someone just kneeling and just totally reverent, I'm like, Oh my yep. gosh, this is the best. Yeah. It's one of Be our, because it does, it gives that permission. Like, Oh, we can go here now. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of our worship leaders did that Sunday and I saw a picture of it and I, I was like, this is, this is special, you know? And because it gives permission to the room mm -hmm. and I want people to see a great model of spirit and truth worship. This is how I feel about the Lord. This is what I felt the spirit lead me to do. And I'm doing it because it's true. And another thing I tell them before service pretty regularly is none of this that we're doing is fake. Don't let anything in your mind make you think that this is any of this is you faking it. And my old worship pastor used to say, don't fake it, faith it. Like, mm -hmm. like put faith behind the words that you're singing, but none of it's fake that the, the energy and emotion with which you're playing and singing and the expression, none of that's fake. That's all right. as real as it gets. Uh, but sometimes our humanity makes us think, oh, we're just being emotional. We're just faking. I'm like, no, no, no. If there's anything worth being emotional about, it's this story. Right. And it's about what the Lord has done for us. Be emotional by all means. You know, you're, you're willing to follow your emotions in all these other situations in life. But when it comes to Jesus, we're like, oh, we don't want to be fake. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, so we're weird. missing something here, you know? Yeah, that is strange. Um, there, I think there's a couple things that I've noticed recently. One, it's going to seem like I'm not going anywhere with this, but one is I, I heard recently someone talking about uh, in spiritual matters. Now, I, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who says there's a demon behind every door and this and that. Um, mm. Because I think 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, maybe there was that extreme. Yeah. But I feel like we're in a culture now where our, our children are not growing up with that. So to say... To even feel like a, a preacher has to say that is totally irrelevant because they don't even know what he's talking about. What mm -hmm. do you mean there's not a deal? I've never even heard. No one's even preaching about it anyway. Likewise, the emotion thing. I don't know that it to me, and it just might be, I, I know there are exceptions to the rule. Okay. But to me, it seems like, especially within in our denomination, there's not as much as, well, we had, we had revival back 20s like 80s 90s so we had these revivals so there was a lot of this expression and and maybe what people are calling the emotionalism yeah. not so much anymore so i i think that to even say oh be careful of the emotion is maybe outdated yeah. because our kids have never even seen the emotion in mm. worship so to say i don't want to be too emotional it's not even a thing for them they don't even know what that is yeah just like saying there's not a demon behind every door yeah, you're probably right oh, about that yeah. with this with this generation. Yeah, but just I, a new I, I like to picture heaven and think, well, what's that going to sound and look like? Oh, yeah. When all of the blinders are off yeah. and when all of the insecurities are gone and all of the fears and worries are gone and you're just, everybody's looking at him. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, it's it, you, you won't even be able to measure or describe what that's like in any kind of human terms. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think we're kind of practicing for that moment here. It's just, we're, it's requiring a bit more faith because mm -hmm. we haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, Hey, we, didn't, didn't you lead worship in Viet Vietnam? Is that where you were? I or was, I've been a lot of places. Okay. But yes, I was in Vietnam. Oh, I, I guess I'm specifically thinking of that trip. Cause I think that after that trip, you were talking about the way the people worshiped yeah. there. 
Well, yeah. there and, and almost anywhere overseas that I've been w- in a worship setting, it's like the, the worship is just so vibrant mm-hmm. and alive. And um, uh, maybe there's less distraction. I don't know what it is. I know in Vietnam, the church is still a persecuted church. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, when they're meeting together, they're in a house and it's just different. The desperation's different. The realities are different. The, the fear of being found, you know, or, or um, disbanded is there. We yeah. don't have that yeah. at all here. Yeah. And so when they worship, it's just so genuine. It's like, we're here at threat. We're here uh, at threat of the our... High, the stakes com- are high. The stakes are high. Yeah, yeah. But they're there. Mm-hmm. So imagine that kind of faith here. If the stakes were high, but you still came because you just love Jesus that much. It's just, I think those worship times are obviously going to be a, a lot more sincere. Yeah. And I'm not looking for people to all be shouting or right. all be dancing. or all. I'm just looking for sincerity. I'm just looking mm-hmm. for... What we're talking about and singing about does not match what's on our faces right now. Yeah. Does not match the way what, what's coming out of our voices. When we're all here together and we're saying, you know, uh, one of my f- things I look at and I think is kind of funny um, is there's this song called The Church is Alive written by my friends at River Valley. Mm-hmm. And I love that song. Yeah. And it, there's the bridge of it. It goes, this is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like when the church is alive. And I'm like, when we sing that here at church, I'm like, wait, is this what it looks like? Is this <laughs> yeah, what yeah, it yeah. feels like? Um, and we've just decided that when we sing that, it's going to be a prophetic thing. You know, yeah. this is what it, we believe it's going to yeah, be exciting because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it should be, you know, but it's really crazy to sing and say things like rejoice, but people have their arms crossed. And yes, and yeah. I'm not. Here, I'm not. I'm not wanting to judge someone on a one time. Right. But when I see the same people come to church every Sunday for a year and they're always standing there with their arms crossed, I'm going to question that because yeah. you're at church and mm-hmm. what are we doing? You know, you don't want to celebrate a little bit. You know, I just I'm questioning the the level of faith is all, and I think it's within my uh, my rights as a pastor and, and a leader in the church to be able to question that and challenge it in a loving way. But um, I shouldn't have finished with but um because I had nothing else to say. <laughs> but um, bum. Okay, ready? We're gonna end on a game. Rapid fire, rapid fire questions. May- well, no, not rapid fire. Well, I could, <laughs> no, but I that's not what I had in mind. Now I'm. Do no, what I- you have in mind. Oh, we didn't get to talk about theology and music. Oh man. Oh, that. I mean, I think we should do that you instead think of a there game. There could be a whole podcast about worship, huh? <laughs> You think they exist already? <laughs> maybe, maybe a hundred of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of did want to talk about theology mm. in the music and being intentional about picking something that's theologically sound because we do have songs that are not. I mean, something that even in in the family, um, your your dad, our dad, my father in law, your dad have mm. talked about is you even have old hymns that are theologically just off (laughs) so it's not like it's a new thing this has always been around um and so what's what are some challenge are you are you finding more and more songs especially you kind of joked about but you're like we only had a thousand songs to pick from yeah yeah but do you think that through because it's so common now for people to write and them to be produced constantly um are you finding and then even just in the the time that we live in are you seeing more theologically incorrect songs being uh, i don't know I, I i i wouldn't say that but i i think 
I like to focus on the positive, which is, are we, are we teaching? Are we, are we able to teach through this? Which I think we are, you know, uh, we love to go back to songs like Cornerstone um, and In Christ Alone. Mm-hmm. We really love In Christ Alone. I, I love it because mm-hmm. of the way it tells the gospel. And I love songs that tell the gospel, like Matt Redman yes. saying, Reveal the Truth, right? Yeah. If you're going to be excited, be excited because Jesus died for you and he rose again yeah. and you have hope now. <laughs> By the way, those are the songs where as someone in the congregation, I, you just feel the atmosphere shift and you look around and that's when people start yeah really being expressive. oh man some of my favorite worship experiences are we'll start like uh i cast my mind to calvary and then you mm-hmm. just step back from the mic and hear the room just oh, God, sing the whole bumps. thing oh my gosh and it's like <laughs> yes, yeah we're just yes. thinking about it and we're just yes we're just rehashing the story and it's so yeah. good to tell the story it's yes. so life-giving it just never gets old no and then never. and then what's so beautiful about that song is Oh, praise the name Sing of it. the Lord our God. Yeah, it's, oh, yes. it's, it's really, really uh, encouraging and life-giving. And um, so just in focusing on the positive, I love songs that teach the truth. And um, I, I don't get as hung up on things that maybe are grammatically not correct mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not even going to give any examples. But <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's I, not do that. I, I do. Uh, I totally understand policing when things are incorrect theologically. Yes. And when they don't teach what's right about mm-hmm. God and the Bible mm-hmm. and what we what we believe to be right and doctrinally, you know. Uh, and so um, you got to police that and be very careful because songs stick. And yes, they do. They, they have a, a, a memory power about them that just a sermon doesn't get um you know unless it was some crazy metaphor you know that the preacher was using but the um songs have a a staying power and if you're just continually hashing over something that's not true you're perpetuating that and uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah you definitely want to be careful and it's perfectly right and good to send songs to people you know are studied and are experts in that field i don't necessarily feel like i'm an expert in theology I think I'm I'm far enough along in the Bible to have a pretty good understanding of what's right and wrong, but I have no problem sending a song to, like you mentioned, my dad mm-hmm. or or uh, other people that I know. These guys are studied; they're theologians, and right. I want to hear what they have to say about these lines because I want to make sure we're singing what's true mm-hmm. and not filling someone's mind with something that's not true. Yeah, I think I've thought about that a lot more over the years being a mom of young kids who um and it's hard to kids ask the best questions about theology and they can be really hard to answer but yes songs get stuck in your head and they loop and they loop and they loop and they're sung and they're listened they're heard and they're spoken and it's all the memory it's all the aspects of memory taking place at once and they can really get infused in in a person's mind and so as a mom i think about that a lot like what songs are my children hearing are they meaningful and, and are they theologically correct? Are we teaching false doctrine in this song or, mm-hmm. or is it correct? And so, yeah, the, the uh, importance think, to not being sloppy in, in the lyrics. I think that was also a major reason for songs in the early church was to communicate the truth mm-hmm. as like a, a means of like gospel tracts that you're handing out, mm-hmm. you know, that songs actually become that way. And people even used like old bar tunes mm-hmm. to put, christian lyrics on because those things just travel they travel like around like the kids bop 
of the church. Yes. But many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Amazing Grace, right? Amazing Grace started in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a tune. Isn't that why pianos a... were first looked down on being in the church? That's what I had heard. Probably. But they were looked down on because they were bar instruments. Yeah. And they, were, they had no business being in a church. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And so they were used to carry the truth. And yeah. um, so like it's... they redeemed the, uh, the tune and the instrument. Right. For the glory of God. Amen. <laughs> Redeem it all, Lord. Yes. One of my kids' teachers just redeemed a Taylor Swift song. I appreciate her for that. She made a song about verbs instead. Oh, nice. So thank you. (laughs) Nice. Okay, ready? I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. We're both going to sing a song at the same time. The challenge is it has to be the same song. That's when we know we win. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. You put Jesus your right foot in, you put your right yes, foot out, you put, okay, that's, that's not the same. Bible By the way, does it, oh, you're just going to keep so going. Little ones to him oh, fun Sue fact. That part right there, little ones to him belong. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably, oh, 20. No, I'm just joking. A little bit younger than that. I always thought it said little ones to hand me long. Mm. That's just what I heard. That, yeah, that's. But, it was meaningful nonetheless. Was it meaningful? <laughs> it was. It was. I just it's didn't. Different kind I of just meanings. trusted that hand me long meant something that I just wasn't understanding and that I'd grow into. And, and then I grew into learning it was just the wrong lyric. There's something profound there. Um, oh, okay. Three. Oh, we're doing this again? Two. <laughs> wait, wait. Three, two. No chance. One. Rock I believe in God the Father. Glad for me. Oh, yeah, that was the same. Almighty maker of heaven, <laughs> maker of earth. You were thinking Rock of Ages? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're just purposely well, trying to one, find the most. The one I actually thought of, I, I think we talked about it. I don't think you know it. And I, I just assumed you don't know it because Brian doesn't know it. And it's a Ron, I think it's a Ron Cannoli song. And it goes, give and it will come back to you. No. Good measure, press down. Okay. Don't know. Because they used to play that at offering time all the time back in the early 90s. Really? Yeah, that's I, that's why it, I hesitated. But then I sang Rock of Ages. Mm. Okay. Did you notice that my first song was you put your right foot in, you I, put your right foot out? I you did, <laughs> and I'm not really surprised. Were you judging me? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you were judging me. Whatever. You know what? This has been another Learn By Doing podcast. This has been another Learn By Doing podcast. I'm your uh, host. I'm your Clayton host. Brooks. Whatever. Thank sibling, you for joining us. Sibling Sue. rivalry. Brooks. Hey, this has been really fun. Seriously. Are you enjoying your last name? I like it so much. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's been a great name. Yeah. For years. <laughs> for me. <laughs> the last 16 years for me. I've been really appreciating this name the last 16 years. Oh, don't remind okay. me how long it's been my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about saying it. Remind but my brother, it. though. Remind why, him. Why? Wait, why? Because he's he's there. He's he's at the top of the hill. Oh, yeah. Just remind him that he's a lot older than you yeah. by two years. Yeah, and starting to show. I mean, and he's like, oh, my back hurts. Hey. I'm trying to swing a golf club. Is <laughs> that why we tied the other day? Is that why? Or is it because I'm good? <laughs> Mr. Oh, Excuses. Man. This is what I think about age. Anytime I hit a birthday or anytime I... I'm like, oh, there's another gray hair 
oh, I'm a little tired today. Mm. I just think, God, thank you. I'm not trying to be like Jesus juking you, any, you or anybody else right now, but I, I legitimately, the way I get through it is I say, God, thank you for another year. Again, I did not have to make it this long. There yeah. are plenty of moms who haven't, or kids who haven't, uh, don't have moms that can watch them, you know, grow up or, you know, things like that. So I just yeah. think, God, thank you for another year. I'll take the stuff, you know. Especially that, considering what the average lifespan used to be. Seriously. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, we shouldn't be alive. It. No, we shouldn't. Anyway. We should have, smallpox would have gotten us uh, a long time ago, actually. I thought you said small talks. Like we wouldn't be having small talk because we don't, we don't have time for that. But no. you said smallpox. Smallpox. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just trying to be relevant. Yeah, we are really dumb. <laughs> You're the best kind of dumb. It's the best kind of dumb. Okay, now, thanks for, thanks listening, for listening to another Learn by Doing pod you're supposed to say it with me podcast podcast, podcast. catch us next time <laughs> <laughs>